the needle on the record. Welcome to Wage Cucking with JMO. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to yet another episode of Wage Cucking with JMO. Uh, today we have a guest, Tasha um, from Init Capital. Tasha, how you doing? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, no problems. Uh, before we get started talking about Init, um, you want to give me a little uh, a brief synopsis of your background in crypto, um, how you got in, and what you worked on before. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I started trading since 20, like early 2017. Um, <clears throat> but I actually started building in 2020, uh, which is like when, you know, DeFi was actually getting started, so I would say. Um, so we started out uh, as Alpha Finance. Uh, that's the first project that I built. Um, and then over Alpha Finance years, you know, we built multiple DeFi products. So been, you know, dabbling in DeFi for quite some time. Um, and then in 2023, we rebranded from Alpha Finance to Stella. Um, and then late 2023 as well, uh, transitioned to advisory role um, at Stella. And then, yeah, started in it, uh, which is a, a separate project, um, but should be synergistic with a lot of the other DeFi protocols uh, in the space, including Stella as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's a long story short. Yeah, I remember actually using Alpha uh, back in 2000, what, 2020 was DeFi summer where there was like a ton of uh, DeFi um, protocols popping up, a lot of like uh, yield farming. It, it was one of the first uh, protocols that allowed for uh, leveraged yield farming, which uh, I thought of a pretty interesting concept. Uh, it, it basically, it allowed people, if they w were willing to take risks, to uh, deposit only like a limited amount of capital and leverage it up. So, I mean, if th there were reasonable DeFi farming opportunities and someone was limited in capital, uh, they could scale up their, their operation pretty greatly. Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about um, Init. Uh, so I, I guess uh, let's start off by talking about um, the whole DeFi landscape right now. Um, what are the issues you think we have today that um, you're trying to solve with your new protocol? Yeah, so I think if you look at you know, DeFi nowadays. There's so many segments and bits and pieces. Um, a lot of the segments are actually new, like, you know, you trading, restaking, um, et cetera, right? And then the big problem that, that, that we come across is pretty much that a lot of these protocols in these segments, uh, including perps, options as well, um, they actually have a hard time tapping into the available liquidity in existing money market. Um, and actually what they have to do is they have to bootstrap and source their own liquidity, right? Because all these DeFi protocols would need to have an initial liquidity or even continuously to source liquidity. Um, and then there's a huge gap between demand and supply because you have this demand from all these, you know, DeFi protocols wanting to borrow liquidity or, or tap into the, the available liquidity. And then you have the existing money markets that actually cannot offer that liquidity to these protocols, right? So then... So when, when you see that demand and supply gap, then it, it, it questions you like, okay, like why is that the case? Um, and I think mainly because um, the existing money markets um, nowadays are actually built, you know, in the design of like 20, 2019, 2020, which is okay, but it, it focuses a lot more on the use case in 2019, 2020, which none of these use cases actually like were there in those years, right? Like the only thing that you could do in those years were like to borrow to long and short tokens and you cannot do all these different activities in DeFi now. So I think that's like the main 
um, idea is that how can we create, you know, a lot more composable money markets such that it would serve, um, you know, more demands of, of DeFi nowadays and also in the future, right? Um, so that's the, the main idea of the problem. And we solved that problem with the concept of liquidity hook. Um, so you can think of init capital as a, money, a liquidity hook money market, right? Which we got inspiration from Uniswap V4 hook, which is like with Uniswap V4, you can do things before and after swapping. Different protocols can build and have the composability. So we're just like, hey, like, what if we adapt that concept and apply to money market, which is very important to what do you do before and after borrowing, right? Because the key is like, how do you earn higher yields from the borrowed capital? Like, otherwise, why would you use money market to begin with? Um, so that, that, you know, gave rise to the whole concept of liquidity hooks. Um, and yeah, I can talk more about what those are. Yeah, uh, it, it feels like a, a lot of the the older money markets um, that were developed, let's say like 2019, 2020, um, they're a little bit outdated because they were developed in a time where basically all you can do on chain was trade using automated market makers, right? Like the, the, there wasn't really like this whole slew of um, DeFi options. Like now we have like a ton of perp dexes. You can trade trade options. You can trade synthetic assets. You, you can, um, the, the, there's this whole move towards like inner chain or, or, or cross chain borrowing, lending, trading, uh, settlement, stuff like that. Um, and like the infrastructure that, is, infrastructure that was developed in say like um, Aave or Compound or like Curve or Maker t- seems to have not really like improved enough um, to, to, to capture that market. It, it's interesting you bring up uh, Uniswap, you know, the, the V4 hooks, because I, I felt like when that came out, um, th- that was like a pretty interesting idea. Like the, the examples they used, if I remember correctly, um, they, they would have like uh, internal MEV or like auto compound LP, or you could do stuff like put in like time weighted orders, price weighted orders, um, limit orders and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know how, how much those are really being used today. Um, but, but, but again, like this is like only on Uniswap and only on Ethereum. And they, I don't think they really integrate other um, or other uh, money markets aren't really integrating that well with them to allow for um, like liquidity to be uh, capital efficient and not like scattered everywhere and, and difficult to use. So um, yeah, I guess moving forward to talk a little bit about um, uh, in it specifically um, y- y- your plans for the future, um, especially I, I guess like what, what kind of hooks um, and what kind of protocols do you see integrating into init? Yeah, yeah. So there are actually like different kinds of uh, liquidity hooks, but the the majority of them that are being developed now are um, to integrate to borrow liquidity from init and execute different new strategies afterwards, right? So one example is uh, looping of LST. Uh, I think that is like quite, um, you know, free yields, especially when, when they're like, inherit higher lending APY from the staking yields. So different protocols are building, you know, uh, meth or ME vaults to do like 5X looping um, and et cetera, right? Different protocols have different strategies and they also have different incentives um, on top of like the, the LST yields already. Um, the second type um, that are being built now as well by different protocols is uh, margin trading. So with margin trading, um, it's also very easy to borrow liquidity from init and and enable um, 
end users to have leverage because we have this, you know, this tech that we call Flash Borrow. So it makes a lot, you know, it makes the integrator's job a lot easier without having to use Flash Swap and without having to like write different logics in between. So we just simplify a lot of the work that they have to do and, and just call one function, which is Flash Borrow. So that's the second type. Um, yeah, a few protocols uh, reached out to also yeah, build leverage LP liquidity hooks. So those would be, I think, upcoming. Um, yeah, and then there are different angles with perp dexes that we're also exploring to see like which kind of liquidity hook would, would be best. Yeah, but ultimately like if, yeah, I think ultimately if you um, want to borrow liquidity to enable leverage, that would be, you know, one way to uh, work within it. Or if you don't need to have leverage, that would also be an, another angle of, of liquidity hooks. Or if you are like uh, a lending vaults and then just depositing to um, in it to our different rates and build vaults on top of in it, that would also be you know another angle of uh, liquidity hooks as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's going to be um, like a, a pretty open platform where like, uh... I guess that there are some future use cases, but uh, I feel like there might be some use cases that we really haven't even thought of and new protocols will come out with like different designs and stuff like that. And they'll be able to use um, this hook concept. Um, so for the listeners or watchers who didn't understand the first part about um, the, the the leveraged uh, METH or meth, basically the strategy there is, is because it's, uh, staked on beacon chain and it, and it gets rewards um, and there's going to be like some sort of like eigenlayer restaking. If, if you have like a limited amount of capital um, and you want to leverage your position, essentially what you're doing is depositing the yield bearing asset as collateral, um, borrowing the standard ether in this case, because it's on an L2, um, it would be wrapped Ethereum and then converting that wrapped Ethereum to um, the, the the mantle Ethereum. So essentially, let's say you, you deposit like 10 Ethereum, you could probably borrow against it, like safely borrow 7, 8 Ethereum, um, deposit that on, on staking, and suddenly your position is like 70% uh, larger. And it like, uh, I think it introduces a, a pretty interesting concept of, of looping. But basically, if you're always adding uh, the value of your borrows to your collateral, it, it essentially allows you to, to borrow a lot more than like what your collateral is, your, your initial collateral is. Um, so I, I believe that um, I, I've played a, around a little bit with the, the platform. Um, I, I believe that isn't enabled yet. I mean, I, I think it's enabled in a way where you can borrow Ethereum, but um, I don't think uh, Mantle Ethereum is one of the borrowable assets. Um, yeah, so to talk a little bit about the roadmap, um, are, are you looking to introduce new assets for borrowing and lending? Um, are there any uh, features that are coming out soon, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So um, a few liquidity hooks are coming live in February, actually. So uh, as mentioned just now, uh, ME one-click looping. So you can go up to like 5x leverage, which means that it automatically like does everything for you. Let's say you provide um, 10 ME and then you go like 5x, it would automatically borrow, you know, four, um, you know, ETH for you or wrap ETH and then do everything such that you get the yields of like 5x of your one in ME, right? 
Um, so that's coming live. Uh, and then margin trading is also coming live um, on different DEXs because different integrating protocols are building on different um, like underlying DEX uh, providers. <clears throat> and then at the same time, we're also exploring um, on the USDY as well to be to be uh, accepted as collateral. We're still evaluating on on the risk parameters, um, but it's it's on the you know roadmap that we're looking to support. Um, and then definitely like uh, STE as well. They have finally um, you know added liquidity to to Mantle, and I think they're also going to ramp up more liquidity. So as they ramp up more liquidity on different um, exchanges on the DEXs, then uh, we can enable that as collateral. Yeah. So those are the the quick roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so like when you look at stuff like um, adding new assets and judging risks, are you mainly just look at looking at like the the on chain liquidity and stuff like that in in case of liquidations? Um, like this is sometimes when you have these borrow lend platforms and like uh, a, a, a token or an asset is not fully liquid. Um, a, a lot of protocols in the past have encountered a decent amount of bad debt where they have like, especially large positions um, and the collateral weight, I guess, is determined by an Oracle price, but not really con considering like the, the on-chain liquidity for that asset. So at the point where uh, a liquidation event does happen, um, if the if the on-chain liquidity especially if it's on something like a layer two or something where like the the markets are a bit isolated and, and you don't have access to like centralized exchanges you don't have access to you know like the the, the global dex volume um a, a lot of the times these protocols will encounter like a decent sized uh bad debt positions which kind of it's it sort of makes like the the protocols defunct just because like if you have like a huge position that is like underwater and you can't liquidate it 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 means that like all the all, all the participants in this market specifically are, are going to have have issues with their their collaterals and and their borrows as well so um yeah you just talk about that process about like how you figure out what assets to include um how do you limit the risk um for both the borrowers and the lenders yeah, 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 sure. So I think there are several things that we take a look at. Um, number one is for sure like Oracle supporting, because without Oracle supporting, then a lot of risk would be on on us ourselves, right? Um, and then second is the liquidity on chain is also something that we deter we set as a parameter and link with how how much in total can everyone in the platform borrow. So we call it you know borrow cap. Um, because in the end, like, and as you were mentioning, like if, you know, incident happens and um, all the borrowings have to be liquidated in one time, perhaps, you know, a black swan event, hopefully not. Um, but if that ha were to happen, you know, we need to ensure that all of the borrowings would be able to be liquidated, right? Which hence, you know, be linked to the on-chain liquidity. Um, yeah, so, so there's a cap of like how much in total can everyone borrow on the platform? to enable uh, liquidations to be able to happen in time. Uh, and then third is also, we always take a look at a volatility of the assets. Um, and these volatilities of the assets actually determine, you know, collateral factor, borrow factor, liquidations premium. So all these parameters that I like throw out there, like they all link to enable, to, to make sure that, you know, collateral will always be more than borrow based on the collateral factor, based on the borrow factor and liquidation premium that we set. Um, and ultimately, like as a money market, we need to make sure that 
um, you know, liquidations can happen in time when, when they need to. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, like the so, so, for example, if you have like a high market cap stable coin, um, you, you probably have like a higher collateral factor. Like you, with a certain amount of collateral, you can borrow more assets. But then, if you start integrating like uh, lower market cap uh, coins that may and, and not only are less liquid, but their asset value may fluctuate very quickly. Obviously, that adds a bit more risk to the protocol. Therefore, like you have to add more risk parameters in order to protect the protocol from bad debt. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, um, going back a bit to the, I, I believe you said is coming out soon. The, um, the auto looping. Um, I, I've, I always like that feature on these money markets just because it's, it's quite tiresome. Uh, sometimes if you want to pull up positions like this, where you're looping to, you know, this, they basically have to make like tens or hundreds of transactions sometimes depending on like what what assets and how often you want to loop it uh basically like each individual transaction would be like a deposit and then a borrow then then a deposit again so each loop would be two transactions and then that's not including like the like the approvals and you know what else you have to do um so yeah, it's it's a pretty good feature that allows the user to basically just like click one button and then like suddenly their position is finished rather than constantly tweaking and adding and changing their position um, just to create the right parameters. Whereas like so sometimes like in previous protocols where um, they they incentivize both sides of the borrow and lend and you would have to manually do the looping thing. Sometimes I would mathematically calculate like my my collateral and then my deposits incorrectly and then like either over borrow or or, or under borrow and like f forget like i i had this position that i wanted it to be like looped like five times but it only got looped twice and, and stuff like that so i, I think that that's a pretty good feature and w w one that will um make the end user very happy uh yeah so um i guess let's talk a little bit about um how individuals that are like listening or watching this podcast are able to participate. Um, I, I know, I know you guys are running a, a points program right now. Um, and there's also mantle incentives, um, for, I believe the, the borrow side, uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we launched the app roughly like two weeks ago. Um, and right now there's about in total, like 50 million, um, dollars market size. So a lot of people have been have been um, you know joining us in in the launch, which is great. Um, and yeah, anyone who hasn't joined us or used uh, the, the the app, feel free to to start using because we also have point system, um, you know, for lending and also for borrowing. If you also borrow, you would also in addition to the uh, init points, you would also get the MNT incentives, which means that it it helps you know lower the borrow cost. MNT is the mantle governance token. Um, so, you know, those are the things that you can do with the, the D app itself. Um, but on the social side, you can also join uh, Init Capital Twitter, join our Discord. There are different, you know, campaigns and community events uh, ongoing, which, you know, with these social activities, you can also earn uh, different ways of, of Init points as well. Um, so, yeah, if you don't have capital, if you don't have any uh, capital on, on, on Init, you can also get points by participating um on the social side mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, I, I believe it's uh, one point for deposited assets per per dollar, or I, I think it's time weighted, um, and then it's seven points per uh, dollar um, on the borrow side, and then yeah. the, oh, for 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 a hundred dollars, um, and then yeah, so it, one it's, point it's time, on the it's time weighted, correct? Yeah, yeah, time weighted and and also position and size weighted. So with uh one dollar with hundred dollars per twenty four hours you would get one point and then hundred dollars mm -hmm. of borrowing uh per twenty four hours you would get seven points and then oh, MNT incentives for the borrowing as well. Uh huh. Um. So I guess for those listeners or watchers who don't know, um, a, a points program. I, I think they're pretty popular these days among. Uh, newer protocols or, or protocols that will eventually launch their token is basically um, if you're an early user, you're an early adopter to a protocol and you use it consistently uh, before their token launch. It's essentially a way to reward like the, the early users um, when the, the token eventually does come out. Um, so I, I don't know if, if you have a, a timeline set for that, um, but do you have any idea um, exactly when the token release would be and like the, I guess the, the use case or how the token would function with a relation to the platform? Yeah. Yeah. Um, exact, exact time would be TBD. Um, but, you know, roughly <laughs> looking around, you know, mid of this year timeline um, in terms of the token utility, we're actually, you know, exploring quite a lot of different interesting ideas because Ultimately, if you think about init, right, init is more of a um, backbone for different DeFi protocols because they can enable different liquidity hooks to build on top, right? So, you know, very interesting angle is we can also enable different um, liquidity hooks to bond and direct incentives. You know, that's one idea. Or to enable different lending uh, assets to determine, like, how much of the lending liquidity would go to each different liquidity hook. That's also another idea, right? So I think there are multiple like angles you can you can um, include tokenomics to be driving growth for product, which I think is is very um, you know crucial and 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 the tokenomics design that we're aiming for. Um, so the token should be you know a governance token that also be able to help drive growth and also drive different incentives to the right stakeholders. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I see. I see. So it, it's a little bit similar to like the like the curve or, or convex model, right? Where you have like multiple different markets, and then if if, if you have like a certain number of um, token holders that want incentives to be run on like one liquidity market or, or one money market, um, they'll have some sort of vote or some sort of governance to allow like rewards or, um, you know, like return to be allocated to th this market above all else. So the, it, as long as the the protocol overall has value or, or governance in the protocol overall has value, like the, the tokens will have value in some way. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the key theme and then we also have like different uh new ideas that that we're looking to introduce but we'll keep it um you know private for now but there should be like a lot of uh revenue stream or different fee capturing streams uh that we're looking mm -hmm. to enable uh-huh um i wanted to go back a little bit uh talk about the specific hooks um potentially i remember reading through some of the documents and um a few of them like interest me like 
a, a bit. Um, one of them was the the multi-silo position. For, I assume that's for, um, let's say, like a, a perp market or for margin trading. Essentially, like you can borrow like multiple assets. Um, I, I guess you would do it in one go. You'd, you'd borrow mar- multiple assets and use them for collateral. Um, but if, like, like for example, if you borrow like USD and then you bar- borrow Ethereum, if, if the ETH price fluctuates to a point where like your position in in one uh one, one trade might get liquidated but like the, the usd value holds the same it, it sort of isolates uh that position uh, is that what you're envisioning when um when setting this up yeah yeah so i think in order to enable different liquidity hooks to be able to build on top we need to make sure there's a way to segregate the the risk or also like segregate the impact of each right um because in the end like we cannot you know we, we don't want to have a, a you know wall garden of like hey only these types of liquidity hooks can can only be built on in it um but in order to to enable that permissionless um environment like we flip the question in which okay how do we make sure that on the protocol level everything is already siloed right so that so that you know it enables the integrator to work a lot easier as well without having to comply to all these you know requirements on our end right so that's that's the you know the rationale for how we came up with multi silo positions and you can think of this as like uh, each position whether it's you know just a normal borrowing position or maybe it's you know me looping or it can be like different margin trading um, or you know etc right um, it would it would means that each position is you know, very separate from the other. So if, uh, let's say, uh, ETH uh, and METH depicts a little bit, which trigger your 5x METH looping positions to be liquidated, like it will only, you know, hurt that position. It would only liquidate that position, but it won't, you know, mess up with any of your other positions. Um, so I think that's a better design to enable like different uh, liquidity hooks to, to be built on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, the the other thing I I, I thought was pretty interesting was um, it, it sounds like you're looking to use um, like automated market maker uh, LP as collateral. Um, I assume I assume the way it is work is like, and if I was an end user, I could deposit um, LP into a automated market maker like uh, so some of the other ones on, on Mantle, like uh, Merchant Mo or um, Agni, or uh, I know that there are a few others. But uh, essentially, um, I'd be depositing LP, meaning I, I'd be like, for example, if, if there's a market that's like ETH ETH or ETH uh, USD. Um, I would be depositing both of those assets in a pool where um, the, the traders within that market would be using my my, uh, my assets as liquidity to trade back and forth. Um, and then in general, what happens is the automated market maker or, or the, the protocol itself would, would give you an LP token, basically a, a token that indicates you own a, own a percentage or you own a share of, of this pool. Um, so on your end, as far as I understand it, you're going to be integrating those LP tokens um, as liquidity for collateral. So like instead of just depositing, let's say Ethereum or Mantle Ethereum, I could deposit like Ethereum USD LP. And then that, that has value because, you know, it's liquidity in a pool. Um, So not only can I borrow from that, um, but also like the, the LP 
um, in theory is yield generating, right? Because like, as long as people are trading on the decks and paying fees on the decks, I'll get a portion of the, of the trade fees. Um, but with, without tying up my capital and like an automated market maker, um, is that the general idea of, of what you're looking to do? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, pretty much like to enable more capital efficiency. Um, but at the same time, this would also enable different kind of liquidity hooks as well, because some protocols um, build leverage LP functionalities, right? Um, and as we speak, you know, a protocol actually is building a leverage LP um, liquidity hook as well, which means that um, you don't even have to have LP to begin with, or you don't have to have that um, DEX LP and then come to use in it. You can, you know, in one go, in a few clicks, be able to use that leverage LP liquidity hook you know, decide that you are providing uh, some portion of ETH, some portion of um, USDC, for instance, and you go 5x on that, you know, providing this liquidity, right? And then this leverage LP liquidity hook would do everything for you. Um, usually, a lot of times, the underlying uh, AMM or DEX that you provide liquidity to, they would have different incentives to the liquidity providers as well. So you're getting those incentives and also like the trading fees that you you would normally get, yeah. Uh, so I ultimately, see, like so, yeah, yeah. So like, if a new dex comes out and they're running like a points program or something, or that they have a native emissions token um, that uh, that incentivizes LPs, um, you essentially can use a hook in order to let's say deposit like to ten thousand dollars of liquidity use the in and market uh, money market um to, to leverage it to like say fifty thousand dollars worth of liquidity and like all in one go be able to provide this liquidity to the decks without having to you know deposit your assets borrow deposit again borrow and then finally when you have all your assets together put it on the decks it, it the entire process is is sort of um contained in in one maybe not one transaction but like to the end user maybe just like one or two clicks yeah yeah correct all right um the, the last thing i wanted to talk about um is um we talked about basically how people that are like users of DeFi or users of these platforms um can participate um I'm going to talk a little bit about um, like the protocol operators or different protocols. Like, for example, if if I run a like a perpetuals protocol or if I run run a DEX, and I wanted to um, integrate some sort of liquidity hook, um, sourcing the init liquidity, or you know, basically any interaction with within it, how would I go about doing this? Yeah, yeah. So please uh, reach out to us. Uh, we're active on Discord, Twitter, or you can also just you know DM me as well. Um, my first name underscore P A N P A N. Yeah. So I guess yeah, a, a lot of times um, yeah we get a lot of inbounds from from different protocols, uh, and and yeah, a lot of a lot of the benefits uh, make sense for the integrating protocols. We also might be launching like different uh, incentive program for. Um, the integrating protocols in the future as well. So, you know, be sure to be early yeah, to get those incentives. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, um, when the episode comes out, um, we'll put the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put the, the, the link to everything. Um, 
Yes. So for, I guess either the protocol owners or developers or like just users of BeFi, um, how would they basically, how would they figure out like what updates, um, what, what points programs, like what new innovations are coming from in it? Um, is there a discord? I assume there's a Twitter um, that they can follow you directly as well. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we always uh, update a lot of things on Twitter. And if you have mm -hmm. any questions or like want any special treatment, feel free to join our Discord. Uh, we're pretty active there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the Twitter is just uh, in it capital, right? Yeah, correct. And then the, the, the link to the Discord is, I, I assume, like on the site or on, uh, on the Twitter itself? Yeah, on the Twitter, yeah. All right. Uh, that sounds good. I think that's all we have for today. Um, do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's it. Um, I think, yeah, if one last thing would probably be, uh, we have quite a, a packed roadmap and a lot of exciting things coming. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening to this episode now, it means you're, you're early, which is great. Uh, so don't forget to it's join. Always, always good to be early. For, yeah. Yeah. For, for more things in the future. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks so much.